What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Oh, and it, and suddenly, look at that. Funny how that works. Good morning, Joel. Good morning, Dennis. How are we doing this morning? Good job. Good job, Ember. Uh, yeah, man, Dennis, you're on mute. We can't hear you, bro. What are you saying? We don't know. I said good job. Oh, okay, okay. Just checking. I'm just, I'm just giving compliments out today. Okay, you're the charge. He's got a kind of surly mood today. <laughs> uh we'll get to that in a, in a, in a minute. <laughs> We're yep. used to it. One uh, of those days. His days where he's gonna be all fired up. Uh, not much going on in the pre-market. We failed at the high from yesterday. Uh, we're only down a buck fifty, seventy-six a quarter. Very interesting area. Uh, this was uh, where we were at before we got Facebooked uh, a little bit over a week ago. Uh, crude it bounces back here, back in the ninety handle, up ninety-two cents at uh, eighty fifty-six, and you have gold just slightly in the red, three twenty. 183340 silver that's up by 6 cents 2340 bitcoin flat at 44890 and ethereum down fractionally $16.50 at uh, 32.50 so triple d you did have a busy night last night because there was a lot of big earnings reports mm-hmm. yeah lots of action last night was interesting and i find this interesting today too is a lot of companies Big companies blowing it away here, but the future's not following. So maybe a little bit too far, too fast. We've had a pretty good run here for two days. Spy 445, two days ago, 457. It's a 120 point rally, and we're right up at that resistance point, Joel. Here, if you look at the spy, not the futures, but just the spy, 458.12 was the high on February 2nd. We snuck up there last night and kissed it. And then we sold off of that level. And we also were up there intraday. So we got some big resistance up here at 458. That's the next work. So maybe it's a little backing and filling until uh, we take out that resistance point. Yeah. And uh, what about uh, the CPI? I mean, well, that's going to matter. Yeah. And what is 26 minutes? 
yeah, you know, we haven't we haven't talked interest rates, and we haven't talked about Ben for or not Ben uh, Paul Paul ben. for a while. So we talked helicopter Ben for a while. You're right, long time. Uh, so you know or that that could shake. Antichinette, yeah. Or the briefcase yeah. indicator from Alan Greenspan. Man, we Henry Kaufman. Who was before Alan Greenspan? Henry Kaufman. And Kaufman. Henry Kaufman? Yeah, what years is that? That was before yeah. I was in the markets. Because when I started, it was like 1996. And I think it was Greenspan already, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so. he did. He did a good job. Uh, but no, going Irrational going. exuberance. It was uh, it was no, it was Paul Volcker. Oh, Volcker! Oh, that's right. How that's right. Oh, I forget Uncle Paul. Uncle Paul, yeah, yeah, Uncle Paul. Yeah, from, he was stern. Seventy nine to eighty seven, just a little bit before my time. He wouldn't have yeah. put up with all this free money. No way. No, Uncle not. Paul. He, he wasn't as he wasn't as easy with the money. Is he still alive? No, so. he, no, he's not. He's no, not Uncle oh, Paul. No. Oh, so we can't get him on the show. No, definitely not. <laughs> in his next life. All right. This has been a terrible se- a segue here. Let's take us back to the markets. House of Mouse reporting. Mm-hmm. Me and Joel. Are you long, Joel, Disney? I forget. No. No. No, you're not. Probably I am. So. I, I wanted more, though. So I wanted to sell off because I wanted to add to the loser. And now it's back to the green. So I don't know what I do. I guess I don't add here. But you know, Joel, let's keep it that way, okay? Because the last time the three of us bought this, this the same stock, it, I, I think we Actually, it was Ford. It worked out really Ford. well. It, well, not at first it didn't, no. So no. Um, anyway, uh, Disney, it was a nothing to say. It was a blowout report for them. The, the Most of the numbers were very good. Their earnings per share it was a massive beat. A dollar and six cents per share versus a 57 cent estimate. Uh, so they nearly doubled up their EPS estimates. Revenue twenty one point eight versus twenty point eight billion dollars. Uh, parks came in above estimates. Media entertainment came in above estimates. Actually, the parks revenue was a record revenue for it's it's their uh, parks uh, 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 experiences and consumer products wow. division. Uh, record revenue for that division at seven point two wow. billion dollars. They ended the quarter with a hundred, just under a hundred and thirty million Disney Plus subscribers. Estimate was down at one twenty five million, so they beat that number as well. Uh, they basically beat everything. The only potential red flag was their Hulu numbers were not good. Hulu's going in the wrong direction in terms of subscriber growth and uh, and uh, revenue per user. Uh, but Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, uh, Parks. It was that was the rest. It was all great. So, record revenue pre-pandemic for the parks. Yeah, like rec- the all-time. Is that right? Is that right? That can't be right. That, that, I mean, that's what Spencer said. That's what I. That's what I thought they said. I. They might be right. <laughs> I, was, uh, I didn't dig down in the report because it's too busy trading all the stocks around it. So I don't know. It's a nice pop. 162, you got major super duper extra resistance, Joel, at 160. Yeah. And that's where we weren't up there for very long above that. Just just snuck above. And then the market maker's like, hey, wait a second. 160 is big. So it's been trading down there. That's going to be resistance. Um, I am long the stock. I got a half size position. I wanted to add the other half if we dipped, but we did not. So I sit back here and wait for an opportunity to add to Disney, which isn't going to come today. No, it's hard. It's hard to talk about buying it at all today. I mean, that might be the one thing you know thing yeah, to do. Yeah, we don't this, buy rips, remember? Yeah, this rips. is a big rip. Uh, I don't like to sell it and rebuy. Yeah, it. 
I actually, I was, I was looking. We 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 closed at what forty seven twenty three, and I thought, you know, wow, there was a bunch of highs at one fifty three, uh, but that that didn't even blink there. Psychological one sixty. I mean, I think you know, try be patient, wait for it to get back up to that pre market high. Uh, for if you're looking to exit today or potential exit. Uh, on the dailies, the next daily high after that is 163.61, and then you get into the big gap. But that'd be a really big move for Disney. You're finding some interday, after-hours pre-market support here at 157, but I wouldn't hang my head on that to initiate a long. And, I don't know, maybe we'll pull a Google, and, and you know, look what Google did after earnings. Boom all the way back and filled the gap. But I, I don't think, I don't just, I don't know. It's going to take a while because a lot of people are going to say they missed the boat on it. So I don't, it's not going to give it back all in one day. That's for sure. Um, The one thing to consider has given back part of the move here. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't be chasing just because you're opening right into that resistance point at 160. I don't think there's a lot of short-term upside from here. I don't think it's going to 165, 170. There's bag holders up here. So I'd actually be more inclined to short the stock than buy it, even though I'm long it in the long-term account. Uh, but with that being said, I still want to own this long-term. So I think on any major dip, I think you're going to have people you know, coming in and buying Disney. So that's Disney. Let's yeah, go to Twilio. Yeah. That's a big mover here. Yeah, there's a lot of big movers here this morning. Uh, Disney, Twilio, Twitter, Datadog. We'll go Twilio here next because it's up, what, 18% this morning? Yeah. Uh, earnings it, earnings per share. Earnings per share last night. Uh, nothing nothing crazy. They beat by a penny. The sales beat a lot more than that, though. Sales came in at $842 million versus $767 million estimate. Uh, forward-looking guidance. Uh, Q1 EPS guidance, uh, that came in actually way below estimates. That's interesting. Sales came in way above those. So that that tells you that there's some weird accounting adjustment thing happening uh, to the earnings. But uh, the top line was very good. That's the bottom. That's the, the takeaway here was the money coming in, <laughs> top of the balance sheet, looking really good. Big move. We are off the highs here, too. These algos overshoot. Got up to 260. So we are 20 bucks down from there. I think the high of the day is in, Joel, at least the high yeah. of the after-hour session. Kind of just, I don't know, you're now in a gap. So I mean, it can yeah, do anything what do you now. Do? Yeah, this, I, I said, what do, I mean, what do you do? I mean, do you, if, if you if you got a, a formula for buying it up here, then uh, by all means, you know, go ahead and do it. I would. They overshoot to... every time. Yeah. I mean, they always seem to overshoot. In the case of Datadog, which we can do right along with it, same thing. I mean, Datadog just trade up to almost 180, right up to the highs. Well, not 190. I think they're close to 190. DDOG on the report. And that's 176. I mean, these algos overshoot every single time, it seems like, in one direction or the other. And sometimes they get the direction just wrong. I don't know who's running them, but I tell you, some of the, these algos, are not as smart as everybody thinks they are. There's some smart ones, but there's a lot of dumb money running algorithms as well. Uh boy, the 260 looked juicy on the dailies there, but that that's a thing of the past. Um, let's just reset, just give you something to look at a little bit earlier in the session. Uh, and you got three highs. Let's just call it, or no, two highs, 245. That's what I'd be looking for. If I get the 260 out of my mind, I'd say, you know, I want a little bit more on this long. Next daily highs come up at 245. See if they come and get you there. And then if they get you there, then 
maybe it'll work its way up. And then I said that very mild half star pre market after hours support comes in at two thirty four. Uh, and the dog, let's see what the dog did. My yeah, dog also had good numbers, just so we're clear about that. Uh, okay, forget about getting close to 190 there, but uh, the the shorter term chart. Let's see what happens at 181. Now that's just I'm just going 15 minute 175, 181, right there. There's your early range in data dog. Kathy's happy because she's got big positions in Twilio, and Arc was trading up. I think all of her funds are trading up, probably on the back of Twilio, because I think that's a pretty major holding for the majority of her funds, isn't it, Spencer? If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. At least I remember her buying a lot of Twilio. I don't know if she sold it. Seems to be buying and selling a lot more than she used to, I, but well, there was definitely a lull for a while in her in her. In her There's trading. a lull in her trading right now. She hardly makes any moves. Did you notice? Like when you get these arc reports, she's been selling some Twitter. She does a couple things, but she was doing all kinds of buying every time we get a dip. And man, that just does not happen now. So I don't know if she just doesn't have as much cash to play with and what it is. But there's very few moves in arc lately compared to what she was doing before. Um, I I'm looking at at the top holdings right now. Uh, let's see. I feel like Twilio's in there. Maybe I made that. Uh, up. I'm in I'm in the ARKK. Mm, my computer is deciding to be slow. There we go. Uh, Twilio is a top ten holding in the KK. I think it's, it's a top it, ten in a few of them. It's a top ten holding in the I believe KW as well. That's what I have. Yeah. Um, let's check that right. So now. Kathy's having another good day. Uh, yeah, top ten holding in the KW. Uh, it's probably in the KF. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, she's the bottom line. She owns it. You know, yeah. You but you mentioned Twitter is is what she's was selling a lot of Twitter. Uh, that report. I'm actually frankly surprised to see Twitter trending up this morning because that report was was not great. They missed basically across the board. Their earnings per share missed really? by a couple cents. The sales came in a little bit light. Uh, the the sales guidance was uh, was I guess I guess was okay, uh, but the uh, at the Q4 monetizable daily active users uh, grew thirteen uh, percent, and I want to bring up this chart that I showed on the at the close show yesterday. You're gonna get you're gonna get a kick out of this one, Dennis. Um, it, it's courtesy of uh, my friends at Visible Alpha. They just sent me this this chart of uh, Twitter's monetizable daily active user growth uh, through the years. And there we go. So you can just see that the red the red line is the year over year growth, and, and you can and so that huge spike was uh, it was during COVID. The left half of this graph is the actual. The right half is a uh, future doesn't look good. Is, is future projections. Here. So <laughs> this is going back. Really, I don't just, like that growth rate. Re, really, just look at the left half of the graph because that's that's what's already happened. Uh, and you can see it goes back to 2016. So we're going the last uh, last five years here. Uh, and you can just see an uneven growth trajectory. COVID helped a lot. And COVID or or Trump, I'm not sure what whatever. I, I think more COVID because you, you saw a huge uh, huge spike there in 2020. Uh, so elections. COVID helped a lot. Um, elections and, and elections. That's that also probably helped. But uh, anyway, uh, the 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 growth rate 13 percent is is not really going to cut it uh, here for so for, for at least it's breaking the downtrend. That's the one thing I will say on the chart is it's trying to break the downtrend. It is a good report. 40s huge psychological barrier. It looks like technical resistance on the chart needs to get up over 40. Continue to be 
on the bull train. I'm just not, not a fan of the stock. So I'm not really a fan of the company either. So yeah, money, Mitch, I'd take my peanuts. On, oh, on I also, mi- I, I missed the buyback. Sorry. $4 billion buyback plan. Oh, they, <laughs> they always do the buybacks in the wrong times, like all these companies, you know, so I don't get that excited for a buyback either. It's better than uh, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm out on, I'm not going to make a call on it. It's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough chart. Uh, Spencer, Spencer and I went over this one in pretty good detail yesterday. Uh, the at the close show because I, I was thinking it was, I was just leading bullish into the report for some reason just because of the way right. Snap backed it. Um, and we did a we did a pretty good look at uh, at the options and the open interest and the open interest was really crowded. And the the predominant on the call side was thirty nine forty and forty one. So I think you just had the optionality coming into play here when you got over 40 and then briefly over 41, just trying to, you know, trade against those options. So I'm looking for a little, yeah, 40 is the number right now. And maybe we could get back up to that pre-market high. Um, I'd be a little bit interested in on the downside, maybe if it comes down to 38 because uh, 37.92 was the high from yesterday. Uh, but nope, nope. I'm out of it. I got out of it in uh, uh, upper fifties, and it's just, uh, here it is. Sale. That was a good sale. Yeah, you don't, you and, do and sell think stock. about this, Dennis. All right, when did the stock IPO? Uh, fifteen, fourteen. Where know. was it when it IPO? Where was the first print? Oh, I can't remember. What was it? Thirty-eight. That was Facebook. It was forty, right? Forty. Forty bucks. Forty. That's gone nowhere. Went, and then it went to forty-four, right? And yeah. then it went to what, thirteen or fourteen? Yeah. Then I don't know why the heck it went, went to 70, eighty. Yeah, way eighty. Yeah. yeah. So it's so it's so it's gone nowhere since its IPO. Since and and it birth. was like it was out there. It was out there. Twitter was out. I mean, I don't know the timeline between Twitter and and Facebook as far as when you know becoming uh, Twitter. IPO'd after Facebook. Yeah, right? Facebook yeah, it was, did. Facebook it did. It's just. They missed the boat. They missed the and boat. And TikTok's coming for all these companies too. Oh, Don't yeah. kid yourself. I mean, they're 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 going to feel pressure eventually from all, all kinds of competition. I, I just don't. I don't know. Snap, Twitter. Pinterest. Yeah. I have no reason to own any of these stocks in my long-term portfolio because they're not cheap on evaluation metrics. And I don't think I don't from that chart you just showed. I don't see the growth. What was so, the revenue, Spence? Uh, what was the revenue? One point. Uh, one point five seven billion versus oh, one. Oh, so they're they're growing the revenues. I mean, that's the, probably their best revenue number, right? They're trying. Yeah. Let's go look. There's better places for your money than Twitter. That's what good. I'm good way say. to good good way to sum it up. Yeah, year over year, the, the I mean, yeah, there is revenue growth and there is earnings growth too. Let's be let's let's not not act like there's not. They're they're growing the top line and the bottom line here, but uh, I think that Dennis's point sums it up nicely. Right? Not a fan. There are probably better places to put your money, um, such as uh, oh, we already covered those actually. We already, we already covered um. Tulio and and Datadog. What about uh, CyberArk today? Up ten, almost eleven percent now uh, on their earnings report. See, I wanted to buy this on CYBR. the pullback. This was one I wanted to re-add because I actually played this already once from one. I had it at one oh six. I sold it like one seventy on the yep. longer term account, and I was like, if it ever gets back down to that one oh six, got down to one twenty five, and the and obviously the you know the last sell off there, but not quite down. Now it's moving back up again. So I don't know. It, again, I'm not buying reps. The name of the game is not buying the stock when it's up 10% because a lot of times they do leak. 
Uh, interesting zone here. Uh, the start of the zone starts at 158.08. We've taken that up. But look at this. Three highs in the same area, right about 164. How high have we gotten? Uh, we've gotten to 163. So it's a zone, but that, oh boy, I tell you, that 164. At least the first time up after three daily highs there and then a big drop off. A lot of people are getting their money back in 164. Uh, you know what stock we never talk about anymore? Uh, I didn't even realize they reported this morning is iRobot. We never talk about iRobot, IRBT. They reported. Always misses. They reported last night. Uh, I and uh, the earnings were not. I hadn't looked at this chart in a long time. Uh, earnings were not great. Uh, they're they're still not profitable. They're losing money. Earnings per share dollar. You lost a dollar five cents. Uh, per share last quarter versus a loss of a 91 cent estimate. So they came in below that number. Sales of 455 million versus a 463 million estimate. So they missed that number as well. They gave some guidance for the year. Uh, that was it was fine. It was in line. The EPS guys. They were fine. profitable at one time though, weren't they? Uh, iRobot go into the pro and check. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Even look, the guidance is two bucks. So yeah, they, they were. Pro- yeah, they, they make were money. They usually do make money. I don't know why. You know, the last couple quarters, maybe it's because pandemic related or whatever. But I mean, here oh. we are, two dollars. You know, you're looking well, at earnings. Well, of- they had a couple really big quarters right in the throes of COVID. Uh, like uh, Q- Q2 and Q3 of 2020, they had like they had bonkers quarters. So uh, maybe their growth guy just got pulled forward. Maybe so. But if you go two box, just round it off $60 stock. So 30 times earnings, Ugh. you're on major, if big there, level, there could be, yeah. And there could be some people who are like, Oh, I'm looking for something to buy because I missed the move. Well, I get another shot at iRobot now. So I wouldn't sell it down here if I had it at 61. And I, we have seen iRobot do some funky things on earnings. It's fairly thin. So it's not like, you know, it's only traded 22,000 shares here this morning. So sometimes these things do turn around. I'm not necessarily buying the dip on it, but I, I, I wouldn't, if I owned it, I don't think I'd sell it here. Uh, three, uh, three daily lows between uh, 58.44 and 59.27. So round it off, 59.60, must hold. Muscle level. We did contribute to the uh, to the uh, earnings this quarter. Lisa did. Hey, buy. Joel! Congrats. Lisa bought one of those things. And goes around and yeah, goes around and around. And do they have the lawnmower one yet? Out is that come out yet? Remember they got the the Roomba for your lawn. iRobots been making. I don't. I'm pretty know sure. For sure. It was, I saw like a video of it like a year and a half ago. I'm assuming it's out there. But that's kind of a cool product. Most of grass for you. Anyway, iRobot used to be a stock we talked about all the time when it was going from, you know. Uh, yeah, I got reddited, right, in from, January. Oh, did you 21? see the move? Go back and bring up the chart. Yeah. one. one how, how crazy. Reddit was just giving gifts to so many long-term shareholders. Just so many gifts. And this thing went, short squeeze, ah, went from 100 to $200 in like a week. Yep. I mean, look look at that candle, Joel. You look back in the Reddit bubble that was created from just, you know, craziness around social media, nothingness, was such a gift for so many stocks. There's so many of these. Anything that had a high short interest looked like this. And man, those stocks came, all came back down. There's very few that, you know, stayed up, if any. 
Um, wow. 100 to 200. What a gift. $197 was the high. And literally a week later, it was like 117. It just continued to leak ever since 60. So bag holders all over the place. Moral of the story is don't chase these stocks that are posted in social media because a lot of times when they have these big hyped stocks, the hype eventually goes away and they eventually leak it all out. So, um, and, and if you're a long-term shareholder, use those opportunities to sell. Remember I had my Corsair Gaming? Remember that one? Back in, and I was bag holding it. I'd bought it like $37 and it was down to 32 And all of a sudden it was like the hot stock on Reddit this morning and it was up like 30% like on just because it was being talked about on Reddit. I was like, sell, 42. And all the insiders went, sell, sell, sell. And Corsair is now 21. Yeah. Use those opportunities when your stock is hot in social media to get the hell out. What else was there? I just did uh, Triple BY. I did. Um, well, there was um, there was a uh, uh, call. Mer- KOSS. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, was oh, that cool. one went crazy, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, $3 to $127. That's a weekly chart. I, I, brought, I brought this into a weekly. It just got it just insane. The moves were insane. What There were so many good ones. There was like some other ones in there, Mariel too. Mariel Siebert. BlackBerry was fun for a minute. Um, I actually participated in the BlackBerry yeah, one. Yeah, me too. I actually did pretty well on that one. <laughs> did you, too? You were in that one, too? Yeah, I sold it. I was like, this is... I, I, yeah. I, I bought it weeks That was before. a good one for me. I did I, good on that one. I bought it weeks before, I think. I think I made like 70% on that. Like, yeah, like a couple yeah. of weeks. That was yeah. a really good one. That was a fun one. Yeah, I mean, that was a good one. That's came all the way back uh, down too. Back, back they all the, come back down back the, mountain, the good old days, right? If you hold long enough on the long side, you lose on all these things. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's real quick. We'll cover like one or two more, and then we'll have to pivot because we have the CPI number coming out in four. I gotta go wide from now. Uh, let's just do like Coke and Pepsi real fast, right together, because they both reported this morning. What's the difference? Uh, there, there is no difference. Uh, Coke, <laughs> uh, Coke earnings beat, sales beat. Uh, Pepsi earnings beat, sales beat. Yeah, uh, same thing. <laughs> Everybody hiding in these consumer staples again. If we're going to a risk-off market, I'd expect them to start leaking too. I don't want to own any of these stocks. I don't want to own Procter Gamble. I don't want to own Coke. I don't own Pepsi unless you think we're going into the trashy markets again where, you know, they're going to start hammering stocks. Then these can actually hold up. But these are defensive names, lots of money hiding in them, and they're not cheap. I don't want to own any stocks. Boy, oh boy, Coke. If you're buying Coke near $63 up on two bucks on the day. You got to look at the average daily ranges in this thing. I mean, it's just, and, the, and conversely, on the downside, it went up too, $2. Eh? Yeah, it went report. up and then went down to fifty nine fifty. All oh you God. need to note about is there's a double top at 62, 32, and 33. Yeah, you, there's really no resistance. Uh, that's it. That was it from the last two days. So longer it takes to get up there and take those levels out, I think Coke is uh, due for a little bit of a pullback. Um, and even 62, wow, that is the all-time closing high. So I think even see sellers at 62 today. Haven't looked at Pepsi in a long time. They're a little bit more diversified. That traded up, but... St- Ah, only twenty six cents. You got you're opening right right into one seventy three. Um, boom, three highs in a row. That's resistance. Got to get through one seventy three. It it's eight twenty seven. Do you want to do one more, or do you want to bolt for the number? I will bolt for the number here. I'm going to go wide because I don't get picked off and sold, 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 or bought, bought, bought. So we will see what happens here in two minutes. It's probably going to be a wild child. 
estimates are, are are pretty much in line in the consensus seems to be in the low 7% range. So 7.2, 7.3%, somewhere in the ballpark of that, uh, that would, that would be an increase of last month's uh, or the prior month's uh, a rate of 7%. It would also, if we did get 7.2% inflation, uh, that would be the highest inflation rate since February of 1982. And what happened when the Bengals lost in the Super Bowl? So let's keep that on our radars for Sunday. But uh, 7.2% is the estimate for the CPI data out a minute and uh, just about a minute from now. And uh, let's just keep an eye on uh, on the. We'll, we'll watch the TLT. We'll watch the banks. We'll watch tech. Yep. We'll watch the queues. And let's just let's just see what happens. Right. Uh, I mean, on the upside, I mean, I could give you resistance because that's you know that's what the numbers are providing providing us with. Uh, you had the um, high from yesterday at eighty-two fifty. You had the high of the move at eighty-six forty-five eighty-six. Your current high today is eighty-three seventy-five. So enough said. After that, and really, I honestly, it, it really opens up. There's not a good daily number that I could give you. Forty-six hundred, maybe psychological, but uh, right now the four-star number in the upside is forty-five eighty-six. If this number comes in super hot, and they don't like it, and they take out the pre-market low, there's not much in there. There's not much in there until the interday low from yesterday, and that was at fifty-four fifty. So. Let's go wide. Let's see what the government, let's see what the interest rates are going to be. January CPI. To those, to those who care, we also are going to get jobless claims, but nobody cares about jobless claims. We only care about inflation. Was inflation up at 7.2%? What the heck? Oh, uh, we have, okay, 0.6% month over month increase. Nah, we care about the year over year growth. 7.5%. It was a hotter number than expected. I told you the estimate was in the 73 3 7.2% rage, 7.5% increase in the cost of goods in January of this year compared to January Coming up of on last the year. Wowzers, right here. All right. right here. Yep, right here. That's we a- are if they're going to defend, the bulls are going to defend here. 63 and a quarter was the pre-market low before we spoke or before we had the number. There's 64. They're knocking on the door. They took out the pre-market low here. Still a good number. Now in a 45.50 handle. Interday low. If you thought you missed a good buying opportunity at the interday low from yesterday, that comes in at 54.50. That's five points away. So we are giving back not all of the gains from yesterday, but some of the interday gains, right? Because we went from 54.50. So hot number. Uh, they're hitting the market. There goes 57. There goes 56. There goes 55.75. We're almost right back there, uh, Spencer. 54 and a half. It doesn't look like it's blinking. We got some heavy selling going on at the top. Well, we were at the top of the range. Here we go. 54.50. Print, print, print. Come on. 55. 55 bids stacking up. So 
There you go. Not like there goes fifty four and a half, like nothing. Fifty two and a quarter. They're just leaning on this thing. All right, let's go to some stocks here. Well, uh, yeah, you, you got tech broadly selling off here, so you can go to the. You probably Q's. got everything selling off. Well, Apple, right? You go Amazon, you go Google, you go to the Mega Cap. You know the, those all. Well, actually, uh, just Apple really. But uh, yeah, I, I look at the Qs first. I look at the TLT second, and I look at uh, and I just go from there. So you are seeing pretty much. What, whatever whatever was up is things are still up, right? Like Disney's still up, but just you know, it's starting to point down a little bit. Um, what else am I seeing out there? Ooh, TLT, boom, there you go. That that TLT, I'm gonna I'm gonna move this up. Oh, I just want to check uh, check the banks. Uh, yeah, Bank of America, Whew, look at that, straight up. I'd be kidding. Keep an eye on 50 and Bank of America, folks. 5008's been the high of the move, and then 50, we got to 5002 the other day. So keep an eye on that if you're looking for potential resistance. Hasn't been up there since uh, October of 2007. Uh, JP Morgan probably getting a little boost off this. I know. I think yeah. we had a high in the 158 handle. That would uh, equivalent the equivalent to uh, that BAC at 50. We are now in the 40 handle, 5, 45, 46, 45 and a quarter low. So they're pressing, they're pressing to get these stops or whatever's in here in the market, but giving it back a lot of gains. If you're looking for a reset of yesterday, uh, or actually the, uh, the overnight low, that came in at uh, 40. 517 and a quarter and that would really be a butt kicking so the banks are up tlt's down uh (laughs) and and, and you know what triple d made a good comment this morning too before uh even the number he said there were some big stocks out with pretty good numbers and the spoos couldn't get the, the spoos were couldn't stay green. It looks so that like was a good observation. By like the market was was nervous and rightly so, Joe. Rightly so. Hey, Jeff Kinsey says, Joel, you sound like an auctioneer. Maybe in a past life you were an auctioneer, Joel. <laughs> um, to the to those wondering where, sorry, you know what I, you know what I used to do, and what I wanted to do when I was a kid, I wanted to be uh, um, announcer at the horse races. Right, right. I used to, I used yeah. to do that into a little. Uh, you know, a little tape recorder. And uh, to, do those, that. to those wondering where the inflation was, what was highest? It was in uh, food, electricity, and shelter. It was the largest contribution to uh, inflation, up 0.9% um, in uh, January, following a 0.5% increase in December. Um, what else? We, and we'll bring in. Uh, yeah, I, I will point your attention to uh, Twilio, which, as I said, is still up this morning, but uh, has, has turned now and is making a new low of the of the day. Yeah, it was uh, just our new, right? new well, uh, yeah, new yeah, low new since low four a.m. That that 20. is correct. Uh, I mean, when you get these kind of oh, look at the house of mouse there. I mean, it's kind of not blinking. That's interesting. It, yeah. that, that's hard. I had the good news. Uh, so we did the we did the banks. We did uh, what other earnings stock? Data Dog. I mean, they yeah. Got, again, p- turn turning right, pointing, yeah. pointing down now directionally. Um, About Twitter. No, not really. Twitter. Kind of, well, yeah, uh, Twitter's kind of quiet. Yeah, uh, getting hit too. I mean, when it when there's that you know when there's that kind of movement in the S and P's, you know, there's just people not. In you know sticking out bids indiscriminately, and you never really even had the head fake up. 
right? You never really got the like, oh, it's not a, it, the algos were just all over this, and they just they hit up. We we're up resistance, still making new lows for the session. Has all the makings of an ugly day. You know what's so interesting too, Joel, is Bitcoin sold off on that. The crypto sold off on that. Ethan, Ethan, Bitcoin both sold off and on that number. I'm you know, still. I can't well, find a correlation. Me neither. I, I'm so confused. <laughs> Because they rallied it on some other good numbers, right? When are good? Well, they rallied it on bad inflation numbers before. No, it it has what really is crypto? Just as a minor one. Well, I okay. You fine. tell me. Fine, fine, fine. Risk fine. asset linked to crypto, Kathy. Crypto is a risk. There's asset. a huge relationship. It's fine. not defensive. It's not just its own thing. I'm just talking the backgrounds. I'm trying sure. to trade, but I can't stand. That we're not linking this relationship, which is blatantly obvious. Fine. It's linked to growth. It is linked to growth stocks. It is linked to ARKK. It is linked to Kathy Wood. It is a risk asset. It maybe not wasn't always that way. And if you go to the long-term data, you won't see that. But in the last year, it is mm-hmm. clearly correlated with risk assets. Fine. All right. It's a risk asset. But that's not what they said for the last decade. Oh, it's an inflation hedge is what they told is what that's what they told us. So all right, whatever. Oh, well, you can't whatever. Let's bring, on, let's bring on Anne Marie Band here from the tradingbook.com. I'm sure she has thoughts on all this. Anne Marie, good morning. How are we doing? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning. I'm great. Do you hear me all right? We hear you all right. We see you all right. Uh, what What do you uh, What do you think of all this? Well, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of algos are are involved, and so they're just going to go wherever anything is running. Right? They're going to look for volume. They're lo- they're going to look for uh, movement, and then they're just yeah. going to hop on it. And I think, you know. I think uh, Dennis's point is completely fair. At the same time, the reason there's this disconnect is because they're just going where the movement is. That I mean, that's all they're going after, right? The the vol has slipped off just a wee bit because all the big names have 
pretty much come through the pike from the earnings. And then, you know, yeah. now they're just going to run with what is because nobody knows what's going to happen. Everybody's trying to sort of game the edges. Everybody's either, they're all standing in the doorway and they're saying, all right, if this happens, then we're going to do this. If this happens, we're going to do this. But in the meantime, we're going to straddle the fence and then wait for the big move and we're off to the races. That's the only choice. Mm. Sadly. <sighs> All right. Uh, well, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I, that you, I mean, yeah, I, I don't really know like how to respond to that. Honestly. I didn't mean to make you go to wait. He's not saying uh, anything. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I just don't really know what to, like, how to respond to it. Uh, but it's interesting that when you and I were emailing yesterday, you were you said you were watching bond flows. Um, this is this has been a hot topic of debate. Uh, not that they're doing it anymore, but when the Fed was buying. When, when they went to the market to buy bond ETFs. And um, tell us what, what you're seeing out there in terms of like bond flows. Cause you know, we, we think of the bond market as like the quote unquote smart money, right? So, so what have you noticed? So the bond market is doing exactly the same thing the equity markets are trying to do. They're trying to position so that whatever happens, they're going to be able to quickly shift and move into the space. Now, the problem is, um, in the bond markets, very small moves can make people tremendously wealthy yeah. or they're feeding the pigeons. Yeah. So they're, that, that's something very, very important. So the, the thing we were talking about is really not so much what the bond flows are going, uh, what they're doing, but what the noise is and the chatter is out there about what they're going to do. So quick recap, the bond market is about 10 to 13 X the size of the equity market. So it's monstrous. Um, if rates rise, um, then bonds will fall because yields will rise, inverse relationship right there, which means those bond guys are going to have to look in other places to get alpha. So what a few of them are saying is that they're moving into the ETF, but not bond ETFs. They're moving into equity ETFs. And so my I've heard this from two different fairly reliable sources, but now I'm digging for information that says, is this true? Because you never know if somebody's talking their book, if they're trying to throw red herring out there, you just, you just don't know. I mean, we play games in this market, you know? So, so how would you monitor that? I mean, are you, would you be looking at the volume or? I'd be looking at ETF flow and I would not be looking at emerging markets ETF flow because those guys are going to get crushed if rates rise. Because if you borrow in dollars and you don't raise your own rates fast enough and the dollar moves faster, then your debt gets bigger simply because it takes more of your money to pay off in dollars. Well, they are, they are raising, aren't they, over in Europe? Oh, no, they are. A few yeah. of them are. Right. But Europe is not really an emerging market. Right. I'm okay, talking about right. Latin America. Yeah, I'm talking about Africa. Yeah. Um, um, 
you know, I think Russia still falls in there. Um, that's been an emerging market for 70 years. I don't know. Um, but nevertheless, that's really what we're going to have to watch for. We're going to have to watch for big ETF flow into SPY, Q's, uh, IWM, which we're seeing the IWM behave a lot better. It's moving out of its little pockets. It's got some things to prove. So we'll see how it fades down into its lower zones. It needs to hold about 2040. If it holds about 2040, that's the RTY, the Russell there. Um, then there might be a, a spot there. But look at the the SPY, the Qs, the, um, the IWM, the XLF, the monsters of the ETF space, yeah. uh, all the vanguards, all of the vanguard ETFs, because they're places they can sort of nibble in. Now, what is the direct, what's going to happen there? People are thinking, hey, rates are going to rise, equity markets can't handle it. But if the rates are rising and the equity markets go, hey, we can't handle this kind of move and it fades and the bond guys go, ooh, I'm buying the dip, the market's never going to move down in so, any significant manner. So in real, how are you personally positioned right now? Okay, so I am moving, I was in a very big cash space. And so I'm sort of moving back into uh, neutral slash bullish formations. Um, mm. And so I'm looking further out. I'm thinking when the first rate hike, there are people that still think that Powell's not going to do it. I mean, they're still thinking. That's not what the Fed Funds Futures Market says. Well, so. <laughs> again, they're hedging that space. So what I think All they're right. doing is going overboard on what the Fed Funds Futures Market is saying, because some of them are saying, nah, he's going to raise five times. He's going to raise seven times. Think he'll There's go a half? Think a half? Just uh, Or do you think the market's too sensitive to that? If he goes um, a half the first time, because if he goes a half the first time, then you know, then he shows people that he's serious. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, there's 25 percent chance of that according to the Fed Fund Teachers Market. So. Yeah, I wonder uh, what it's. Uh, it's a little bit higher than that after that number this morning, right? Probably. Yeah. I, what about these growth stocks? What about are these? Some of these. Are, 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 are you milling around? Are you and Kathy and cahoots together? Are you getting out of <laughs> That's it. She okay. and I, we're on. No, man, no. oh man. Um, you know, how many times have you seen it peek its head up and then just yeah. whack a bowl? And what that's do you think? really that's really the storyboard there, right? Um, you know, I I think she's very bold, but I also think she's got a ten year horizon. And a lot of people that come in and go, oh, you know, shit's dropped, blah blah blah. I think a lot of the smart investors sitting in the fund are just saying, hey, listen, this gal's got a long horizon. She she says that all her narratives are, that, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, this is a long place. I'm going to, you know, do this and I want to do it transparently. And everybody's all in a kerfuffle about that. So she's great to put a face in a dartboard. At my suspicion is with the growth stocks, it's going to all depend on what their debt is, right? And, because and the cost of their debt's going up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, money 
unfortunately, money rules the world. And so you just look at how much is it costing them to handle debt. I know a couple of fintechs right now that are paying $100,000 a week on some of their outstanding loans, Ooh. and it's an adjustable rate. Oh, oh. Oh, listen. Oh. There's going to be some trouble. There's going to be some trouble. Financing of debt, everybody's been like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever you need. And, you know, the rubber's going to hit the road sometimes. So that is, uh, I am I am staying clear of growth. Here's where I'm going. Yeah. Commodities, both hard and soft. I've been singing the same song for, what, yeah. eight months, nine months, right? Lithium, uranium, whatever, uh, nickel, cobalt, copper, uh, aluminum, and then the soft ones, cocoa, wheat, soy, milk, rice, all of those things, you just wait for the dips and then you nibble in, right? Because a lot of them are caught sideways. Now, here's the hard part the rates are going to raise. That is going to put some pressure on those commodities. But at the end of the day, we are going to see, I believe commodities are running into their soft commodities, particularly are going to run into their super cycle. They've been down for several years. They're going to start turning around and moving up. If you look at anything any kind of grid you can find that says, tell us how this commodity did this over the, actually visual capital just did one. I'll tweet it out afterwards. Okay. And you'll see that they'll go up and up and up and then all the way down and then up and up and up and then they'll go all the way down. And this is what's been happening with everything to include oil and the like. Now we're going to have some political things going on with oil. So, and I mean by that, not, not so much, you know, all the saber rattling across across the waves, but uh, coming into the midterm election cycle, they're going to start to try and pull on these strings just a little bit so that, you know, it doesn't take $85 to fill up your uh, vehicle, which. All right. Happening. Wait. Okay. So, so commodities, you, mm -hmm. you, you like that. We know that. What mm -hmm. else? Uh, uh, well, wherever. I'm going to stick with the broad indices. Okay, spots. Trade the, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to trade those cycles because everybody still contributes to their 401k. There's the possibility that what these bond noisemakers are saying actually does occur and they slip into that space of uh, trading those equities. I'm just going to sit where there's broad exposure and I'm going to sell puts on the massive dips. When the dips come, I'm going to go way out of the money and I'm going to, you know, sell a delta of 20, 12, something like that. And it's just going to keep me safe. I'm not going to make millions of dollars, but I certainly am not going to put myself in the space where I'm going to get, you know, Thor's hammer to the face. Yeah. Just uh, in reference to soft commodities, mm -hmm. uh, we're generally referring to commodities that are grown. 
rather yes. than mind, you oh, know. Yes. So, uh, so like you look at, I, I'm looking at the soybean chart here, right? Just uh, at uh, at at that's high its level it's been at since uh, April of last year, and then you got to throw cocoa in there, right? Yes. That, that's a soft as well, and all right. these charts, I mean, they are. <laughs> They're looking like they're just raring right. to go. Also, sugar falls into yeah. that. You know, soft commodity, you can eat them. You can oh, eat it. Yeah. And and quickly, sugar and cocoa are always going to spike in the early part of February because of Valentine's Day. And that's because traders go, oh, it's February. Valentine's Day is coming. I'm going to go buy some cocoa or I'm going to go buy some sugar. So that, Wait, is that really a thing? Honest to goodness. All right. What about look OJ? Look at Hershey. That seems uh, okay. Hershey. That seems, oh yeah, that seems dumb, but I know. But listen, a look lot Hershey, of Hershey, a lot high. of things we were dumb. Yeah, right. Whatever. So when it's over, just wait for the dip, folks. Don't jump in and go. Oh, I got to get involved. And you might go, well, didn't we just have a dip? Yes, but what does a dip run into? Before it runs into sellers. And those sellers are going to come, they're either selling because they bought and they got trapped or they're selling because it's resistance and they want to open a position. So your thought should be, well, I got to see where the buyers are going to defend that so that I can take that, that position. I love the, you know, you just wait a little bit for the fate. There's just, you know, oh, good. The ETFs to watch for, uh, things like um, aluminum, the hard commodities. Uh, somebody just reminded me of JJU um, the yeah. other day. Uh, you know, go to the Vanguard or go to the iShares. You're going to find them. One of my favorite, um, I love DBA. I don't love Moo so much. I think cows are kind of, uh, and, and livestock. I, I don't know what I, you know, they will spike hogs the whole thing those will spike i just don't have a feel for those guys the way that i have a feel for grains and the like oh, so live hogs been moving up too nicely. oh my gosh lean hogs have been a tear but that's because they have to call like oh my gosh i think they i think they called like six hundred thousand of them and they'd been moving up because nobody could get feed to them and they were dying. And yeah, it's been the COVID thing has been really, really rough on people that trade livestock. Anne-Marie, what about the banks? I mean, we're seeing if we just go to today's action here, everything is red on my screen, but the banks are ripping higher. The financials yes. are loving a seven and a half percent number because you know what everybody's going to be saying? They're not just going to go a quarter. They're going to go a half now. I mean, this just gave them the ammunition for the Fed to not only go a quarter, they're going the quarter right, now that we saw this sure. number because it's not getting better right. and worst number since 1982. Um, I think they could possibly go a half here. So what are your thoughts on the banks? I mean, they were obviously a great opportunity to buy on the dips. They had decent earnings and they sold them all. And that was an opportunity here. But now that they've run, what are your thoughts on the banks going forward? Okay, so my thought for the strongest banks are really always the ones in the middle. Those uh, middle type banks, like uh, not not the not the very biggest ones, like the regionals. Yes, 
the regional bank. What is that? KRE. KRE. Yeah. So my thought is regional banks are the place to sit as opposed to the great big ones. There's going to be less volatility. They usually manage their finances in a much more rigorous way. Um, so I, I like those. Of course, banks have more ways to make money if the interest rates are higher. They'll make money on the sweeps. They'll make there's so many ways for them to make more money with just, you know, 25 basis points. And yeah, I would just throw in one caveat with the sure. banks. And I mean, I, I would look at their, their loan portfolios too. Certainly. Who, yeah. who, who's making, you know, who's making, uh, you know, loans to some of these big tech companies or, you know, that would exactly. be something exactly. that, that the only caveat on that. Interestingly, most of the big tech companies are using those big banks. I don't know any. A lot of them don't have debt. I mean, the big, like Apple, the only reason Apple has debt is because everybody told oh. them you got to have some debt. Well, but that, a lot of them, a lot of the majors are debt free, actually. So, of course, those sit in that space. I'm thinking more about all of the tens of thousands of startups that are floating around okay. there and the. Right. And the hundreds and hundreds of them that have hit IPO and have all of this debt yeah. sitting around in that space, they do go, most of them are getting financing from the bigger banks, regional banks, they know their customers, they can go out and see the houses they're making loans against. It's not, uh, the second a, a, a bank starts to spread its tentacles and they can't see physically on the ground where yeah. they're lending money fraud is easier to open up and so that's why i like the regional bank space all right Anne marie band uh the trainingbook.com link on the screen link in the uh in the description Anne marie always a pleasure thanks for coming on today thank you so much all right dennis you, you were gone for quite some time yeah there's just that was that, that was a big one it was moving man yeah. i mean they hammer, they're hammering everything they've been buying the last three days. They're literally hitting all those stocks that they have been buying hand over fist for the last three days. That, With that being said, I mean, it's a hot number, but there's still a sentiment turn here in the overall market where the market wanted to be a little more risk on. So I do think you will get some dip buying in some of those growth names. If this was two weeks ago, I'd be like, bat down the hatches. We're going down a thousand Dow points today. Or you know, or a hundred S and P points. I don't think that's the case because I think the mentality, to a certain extent, has changed at least in the short term, where people feel like, okay, they really ran without me. Some of these stocks really ran without me, and I, this is my dip opportunity to come in. So I think you will see some dip buying. I'm not sure if that's going to be the right move or not. I mean, when you really sit back and look, you're like, holy crap, seven and a half percent reported. I mean, this is a serious number. And, you know, they've got a serious problem, the Fed, and they know it. And they honestly are, are going to try to deal with it the best way they can. But again, they're handcuffed to a certain extent. And we've talked about this before, because if you just start jacking up rates, yeah. you know, seven, eight times this year, what does that do to the housing market? What does that do to the economy? What does that do to the small person who hasn't participated in the wealth effect? I mean, there's a lot of, of considerations here. Where they, I don't think, can go, you know, and start raising five, six, seven, eight, ten times, which, which is what it needs to get the inflation in check. But I don't think that's going to even help. A quarter point hike, a half point hike, isn't helping with the inflation. 
the prices of stuff is continuing to go up all around us all the time. So it's not surprising that it's seven and a half. I mean, I think the real number is even significantly higher than that. I mean, Ooh. cars, like, you know, my, I, I was, you know, like I said, I was driving through the, you know, the parking lot and looking at the prices of cars, new cars. And I can't even believe it. Like, I can't even fathom that these prices are this high. I, I, I just saw this. I looked at the Fed Funds Futures, the FedWatch tool on the CME. I looked at it yesterday um, afternoon. Right, I think I looked at it right before the close or right after the close. And it was saying a, a 25% chance of a, of a half a point rate hike in, uh, in March. That's what it said yesterday. Today, uh, just this morning after the 35 30- it's gone up to like forty percent chance. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, all, that. that's the first thing I thought too. As soon as I seen seven and a half, yeah. like, oh man, they could go a half. Uh, yeah. That's the first thing that crossed my mind when I saw that come across the screen, and that's why obviously I came on and said it right away. Um, while I while I said it when I came back on from trading, I was I was trying to get out of every growth name that I had, you know, that hadn't got hit. But you know, what? Uh, and when's the next meeting? March 13th, March. I think. I don't call me up. If the market could stay up here, I, you know, in, in this area, March, I think. March 21st. March 21st. March 21st. I mean, that's, you know, five, six weeks away. If the market can hang up here, you know, hang out 4,500, 4,450, 4,500, I think they'll do a half. But I think if the market gets real nervous ahead of oh, it, yeah. and we start heading back towards forty-two twelve seventy-five, I think you know they're 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 data dependent and they're market dependent. They're but, market uh, dependent more than they like to believe, and yeah. you're exactly right, Joe. If the markets just start rolling over here again, then they'll back off. But if the markets hold up, they could go that half. I mean, I look here and you just analyze and you think. I don't, I, I, I like, I put my, you try to put yourself in their shoes, even. I mean, it's, it's, it's a difficult it's position. Not, I don't envy them at all. No, it is not a fun day to be a policymaker, not a fun day to be in the White House, not a fun day to be at the Fed, not a fun day to be in their shoes right now. No, definitely I not. I don't envy um, them because this is, this is a political I issue. think if you get a bounce here and don't, don't kid yourself, there is a lot of people who are like, oh, this is my big opportunity to buy. I think it will be a mistake, though. I do think if you get, for whatever reason, if we bounce back a bit here after the open, I think use that opportunity to lighten up those growth names because they've run pretty far. They're getting hammered this morning. I hate to sell. like So I, I got out of a few of them on the number uh, because I was like, oh, I just got to hit bids. Um, so I got out of a few, I had, a, uh, like I said, I had nine growth names and I should have maybe sold them all before the number and not took the chance with it. But, you know, you want to give it a chance. Um, on that number, I actually was able to get out of a few of my stocks. I had Beyond Meat, believe it or not, on. I got out of that just just under, like it, like it just hadn't gotten hit yet. I'm not saying south down here at 61, down 2.5%, but there was some opportunities around the number to just get out of some stuff. Um, I had AMC on for a bit, but I had sold that yesterday. Oh, um, I you know, I had some, I put some growthy, ugly names on. This was just for swing trade longs because I, I kind of thought with Peloton that they were going to get bought and they did for, for two days. They've bought all that stuff, but this changes the narrative to a certain extent. So I think you've got to be selling those stocks onto rallies. Now. Yeah. Wait, all right, I'm gonna... 
the Kathy names too. Yeah, I mean, they're, we're having a hard time catching a bid here, folks. Uh, looking for uh, the the low, the uh, the actual true low from yesterday was seventeen and a quarter. Messy. Yep, and uh, you know maybe your focus number for the day should be that that close from Friday, uh, forty four ninety two fifty. I think if we stay above that, we got a chance to do some more work in the. Uh, 4,500 handle, but keep an eye on 17 and a quarter. I'm going to hop off, guys, and catch up with you later on. Uh, let's bring on Peter Talkman and see what he thinks of all this. He runs Wall Street Global Trading Academy, trades down on the floor. Although he's not there right now. Peter, good morning. Uh, hot inflation number, uh, transitory, not so much. 7.5% uh, increase in prices. Uh, basically, we're at a, almost a 40-year high. Um Market obviously reacting, tech selling off, growth selling off broadly, banks ripping. What do you what do you make of all this? You know what? I don't think we should be surprised, and I don't think that look the, the we have to really see how it plays out on the day. Yeah, you know, inflation is inflation, and the severity of it, and all the issues around it, and the attempt at a reopening, and the reasons for it have been on the table for a while. Why haven't we really engaged it on a prolonged basis? I'm not clear. It's the same thing as the story about the taper and interest rate raises in 2022. They've been on the menu for a while too, yet it that wasn't until recently that we actually engaged it within the marketplace and that kind of anxiety and sentiment on stocks and whatnot and the, and the yield. So it's not a great number, no question about it. We know why it happened. Okay, it's the reality we're going to have to live in for a while. Will the market be able to absorb it? I believe so. You know, look, there are other factors that are going to come into play. The fact that the labor force is going to have to get up and start going to work. They are going to get paid a little more for it. You know, it's hard to sort of understand the, you know, there's no playbook for coming out of a pandemic. There's no playbook for a complete global economic shutdown. There's no playbook for what really think about what we are in the middle of still and have just gone through for two years. Let's be clear about it. Let's think of where we wouldn't be if the stimulus package hadn't hit us in March and we were able to get back to even and hopefully the economy will catch some of the backwind of the marketplace. Right. I mean, there. I think we're really lucky that we're not on a friggin bread line at this point, to be perfectly honest with you, just because of where where we were for two years. Where a lot of business is, where yeah. is, yeah. The, that's a really good point. the The inflation sucks. No one, no one likes this. This is not fun for anyone. But it's, a, yeah, I think it's a good point to consider the alternative that we literally, I don't, I don't know how narrowly, but we we avoided a a, a depression, right? Have, I mean, <laughs> let's be clear about it. I know people jump on Jay Powell and all this other stuff and the Fed and this and that. But I try to, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cup half full type of guy, and I try and understand really where we are, where we could have been, and where we're going. That's fair. It's certainly fair. Uh, now, that being said, the, the, the call from Jerome Powell, uh, what, like last summer, that the, the inflation rate the, the, was going to be transitory. He wasn't calling. He never said that inflation itself was temporary. He said that the increasing inflation was temporary. That seems like it's going to be a call to live in infamy now and just bite, come back and bite him forever and ever and ever. Because now, again, we this is, a, what, the fifth month in a row? No, sorry, the eighth month in a row that inflation was over 5% now. Um, it's it, 
it's it's it sucks, Peter. Like it you know sucks. what? Let's let's talk for a second. Yeah. Remember what what the jobs number looked like at right at pandemic with that first month when we lost forty yeah. million or fourteen million or whatever. It was off. It was off the charts. It was off the charts, and then we started losing fourteen million. No, look, we had never had numbers like that. Yep. Uh, in our sphere, in our world at all. And then we started to say we were losing only 14 million and then only 10 million, right? The numbers were still bad and deeply painful, but they, we, if we were honest with ourselves, they were a function of a global economic shutdown due to a pandemic with no playbook. Same thing is going to happen here. We under, if, if we stop for a second and understand why this is happening goods and services are have been look why, why is it happening let's talk about why it's happening the world had to basically shut down all lines of production to for any of these companies to survive going through a year of no demand right and so the 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 restart of all those things and the supply chain and all of those things and getting the getting things back online is going to be a painful experience i think it is still i look is inflation here to stay? Look, we've seen inflation higher. We've seen inflation lower. The market, as you and I know, we talk about it a lot, will be able to eventually adjust to all of this. Let's not, why are we going to sit there and hound the, the crazy, the word? You know, it's like, it's like, are we hounding Jim Cramer for the fact that he recommended Facebook on, on Wednesday and, and uh, PayPal on Thursday and they went down 100 points the next day? We are. We're kind of beating everybody up over the last, you know, you're only, look, on the floor of the exchange, where one of the great old adages is you're only as good as your last execution. I look like a genius when I bought IBM at 130 and it went to 150. And then I made one, you know, I made one decision at the end yeah. of the day to buy something that ended up going down two bucks. And that was my, I, that will live in infamy. Transition or not transition, is it here to stay? Obviously, for some level, it's going to be here for a while. Right. I mean, look at the memes that came out of that transition story of guys where, you know, liquidity did a funny one, you know, of taking the word transition to the to the grave yeah. with a bunch of guys from New Orleans dancing through the streets to the funeral. Look, it, it's a reality. We're going to have to live with it. The market will adjust to it. It's yeah. not good. It's painful. I would imagine it's more painful for people who are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. I All right. That, that, that's a valuable perspective to have, I think. Let's not all act like the sky is falling because, uh it actually was falling for a minute there, and we we threw everything we could at it, and, and it stopped falling. So uh, uh, we right. got back to even in three yeah. months, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, it yeah. took nine years to get back to even from the 07 crash. Yeah, they right. learned they, they learned their lesson. They, they learned their lesson. I don't envy uh, policymakers right now. Peter Tuckman uh, runs Wall Street Global Trading Academy. I highly recommend everyone check out that course. The link is in the description of this video uh, on YouTube. Check it out, Peter. Always a pleasure. Great talk to you again next week. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a comment in the chat, and I apologize because I forget who said it now. It was about uh, corporations and corporate greed and record profits. And I, 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 I only uh, bring that up now because I want, I want to cite the stat that I saw this morning from uh, S&P Global Market Intelligence. So, yeah, on the one hand, you have uh, record corporate profits. Um, uh, and on the other hand, though, you have every company under the sun blaming uh, inflation and uh, supply chain for their problems. Uh, check out this stat. According to S&P Global Market Intelligence, uh, words like including supply chains, logistics, and inflation appe have appeared on 71% of earnings calls for this, er for this earnings season. 71% compared to 39% of, of, of earnings calls uh, 
in the same time a year ago. So uh, everyone who can blame inflation and supply chain for their business problems is blaming inflation and supply chain for their business problems. But yes, uh, you you are seeing a lot of companies report record earnings, uh, taking it to margin. Who was it? Was it like was it Lennar or Lowe's? Some some home home builder ish type company was at had record uh, record profits and they asked what they were going to do with it and they said yeah we're just going to take it to margin we're just going to you know uh, pat our pockets and like that's not the kind of thing you want to hear right now um they're right to do it but that's that's that, that that's kind of shitty but all right uh we got to hop because live training with Benzinga is going live right now as soon as I'm done here please do me a favor and hit that like button we are at uh, 367 likes. Get me to 500 likes today. That's that's doable. That's not that far away. 300, 500 likes. What, what is it? Five, yeah, 500 likes. Let's do that. Uh, thank you to our guests, both Peter and Anne-Marie Band. Thanks to all of you in our chat, but not the spammers. We don't like the spammers. Uh, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. And we are ending the show right now. Live training with Benzinga with Mitch, Ryan, Zunade going live. As soon as we are done here, this stream will end and redirect to those guys. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Have a great open and we'll catch you later.